Yeah, I don't know. I figured I figured that'd be good. And then also, I think uh, the fact that you and I like don't have separate brands is kind of stupid. Like that we that we don't have like personal channels as as well as like Dota Alchemy. I think that's like really abnormal. Like I think Dota Alchemy makes sense as like a resource for people to like learn the game where we put like our you know combined ideas and stuff instead of just put all the content we make individually. You know what I mean? Because uh I mean there's there's shit there's shit that like you wouldn't want me to put on Dota Alchemy. Obviously. Uh, I mean, how would a blog, how would like a blog do on there? Like terribly, right? Cause it's like, it's like, it's, it's like my personal thoughts and opinions and shit. I just feel like I can do both at once because I write the I write the pub journals anyway, you know what I mean? But then like when I make it into full guides, that's actually something that I do like separately from the journals. It's like I actually have to, you know, write it out and but I was thinking for making the making like the journal entries, it's it's like uh it's something that would that would help me like solidify ideas, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I wanna, I wanna, you know, that's the reason for writing the journals in the first place is that they can do something in a pub. The next game, you can like implement something differently. S still can't hear elevated. People can't hear you. Apparently. I fixed it. I had my mic muted. Game. Like, like a moron. Yeah, that's uh, just fucking disgusting. Yeah, I'm just a very unprofessional person. So. Can't, can't really help myself sometimes. Let me get your shit together, man. Come on. We've got a bunch of so, bunch of questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. What? Were What's up, talking? man? What's going on? Not much, dude. I've just it's been, been a while. Been playing a lot of Magic, and um, still feeling super unmotivated to make Dota videos. <laughs> I've been really enjoying playing Dota though, like occasionally. I haven't been playing nearly as much. I, I had like a super grind this weekend. I played probably like fifteen games or something like that over the two days, maybe more. I think if, you I like, if you like playing it, shouldn't you like that? That doesn't make you want to make videos. No. I just, you don't, I don't know, I just don't feel like I have a whole lot to say about the game right now. I'm not feeling like super confident in my ideas that much. So I don't want to talk, I don't want to tell people to do shit that I don't really like personally believe in that much, you know? Yeah. I guess I'm, I guess I'm in like the opposite sort of feeling where I'm like winning a lot of clubs. Yeah. Like both of my accounts. Yeah. Like lear learning a lot of stuff. So, uh, I feel like. I have so much shit to 
to tell people. Because I've got I've gone up 500 MMR in, in like two weeks, so I feel like there's so many like individual little things that I did to do that. Yeah. Even totally. though it's all probably bullshit, it's all probably like I'm just being better. <laughs> Seriously, like that's just Dota for you. It's like your mental health. Oh, consider this as like a concept, okay? So I was I was spending the weekend at my my friend's house, my buddy Ian from college. And we were talking about, uh, you know, mental health and, and how people are just better about mental health these days. Like, people are more aware of it. And uh, he said that he went through, like, a depressive state uh, living on his own when everybody that went to university with us kind of just, like, left the town. Like, everybody went to Toronto or went back home or whatever. And then he was kind of Remember left working in the town that he went to university in And he said he was, like, very depressed for a while. So that kind of led into this discussion of, like, how... Uh, if you're doing like a regular workday every day, it is kind of hard to determine. It, I feel like you can be depressed and just do things and your body will just be like, ah, this is fine. It'll keep going. You'll feel bad, but you won't really feel it until you hit like an apex of your emotion. You know what I mean? Like you'll, at a certain point, you'll like crumble and, and you'll feel it. But like as you're just building up this state where you're like, you know, getting anxious and losing your shit and slowly going on this downward spiral. Like, you don't notice if you're working a regular workday because you don't have a metric to judge. Whereas, if you're playing Dota and you have an MMR and you're constantly playing day in, day out, and it, it accurately re uh, represents your skill, it will reflect your mental health uh, if that is the only thing that is changing. And yeah. I, I think, I, like, I think a lot of the time that is generally the only, you know, you're not moving... You're not doing these things that like affect your ping or your gameplay. Like if you're playing Dota day in day out, generally it's your mental health. Uh, that if, if your MMR goes down, it, it's a lot of the time gonna be like a reflector of, of, of your mental health. And I was yeah. just I, I thought that was kind of cool, just the idea that like you can actually use a, a rating system in a game to somewhat uh, correlate with your with your mental with your mental maybe not your mental health but like your mental faculties, your mental like capabilities. Like if you're really hungry every day and you're playing Dota, you're gonna play shittier. If you're you're gonna go down if you're if you're like depressed you're gonna go down if you're playing while you're tired because you keep playing when you come home from work like your mmr will go down if it accurately reflects your if your mmr accurately reflects your skill then it will go down if you're playing in any of these negative states obviously yeah. that is that is like a trivial statement to make so i think if the only thing that is changing is like your mental health and you're consistent with everything else then dota actually reflects uh you know whether you're mentally stable or not <laughs> yeah i mean it's something that i used to think about a lot was just how I could basically tell whether I was having a good or a bad day based off of my performance at Dota and how I interacted with them. It's like right, how you responded to people in games. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. And and a lot of the time you don't really notice whether you're having a good day or a bad day. Uh, like you said, just because you're not really paying attention to it so much. Yeah, you're not sitting down and like actually thinking about it. Like, how how do I actually feel right now? Like, what? Yeah. Because you have you, well, no, I think I think you have to like experience something and then be like, okay, how did I react to that? How would I normally react to that? Because there was this is gonna this is gonna get like morbid, but you know, my my I had some uh, family news that somebody in my family was like very sick essentially, and uh, not this was a while this was like a while ago, but uh, I had that news and like I felt fine about it. Like I don't know. I guess I guess emotionally when I was, I actually sat there and I tried to process, like, how do I feel about this? I don't really feel anything. But then when I went outside and I went for a walk with Ellie later that day, 
like a car, a car like went in front of me and at a stop sign when I had the right of way, and I just fucking slammed the hood and like told them to fuck off or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like and, that then, and then I, and then we and then we we kept walking. And I was like, oh shit, what did I, what did I just do, man? That was like aggressive. And then it just it, in that moment when I had actually done something, I realized that like, man, I'm actually not okay right now. Like I'm not responding to this well. I'm angry. Right. You know. Yeah, I I know exactly how it works. Like. It, it's funny how it applies to Dota because like, you you may seem fine. You're just like, oh, cool. I'm just I'm playing the hero that I like to play in the game. That I like to play the position I like to play, and then somebody is just like, dude, you should go, you should buy a BKB, and you're just like, fuck off. <laughs> That's like your initial reaction. Just like, stop telling me how to fucking play the game. And like a normal day when you're not having some outside factor, you're just like, I probably should buy a BKB. You know? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, there's some game sounds on the streamer. Oh, that's because I'm still playing Magic. <laughs> oh my God! You're playing Magic while we're streaming? Well, we're just waiting for shit you to happen, boys. man. Why am I drinking a vase? It's not a vase. It's a fucking teacup, and it holds a large volume of tea <laughs> in a very efficient way. And it's actually the best cup that I found. And don't get me started about the cup. Don't call it a goddamn vase, Ezequiel. Jesus, what kind of name is that anyway? Ezequiel. Ezekiel, come on. Ezekiel. Vlad. Hey, Donnie, how are you doing? I was wondering how often you update the in-game guides. I update them when they need to be updated. Basically, when there's a big patch or if I notice something in the pro meta or in my own games that doesn't feel right, I change them. But it's pretty infrequent because they don't need to be changed that frequently, in my opinion. I've put most of the items that you should be buying on the heroes uh, for the most common position they're played in. If something's different, then uh, it's usually in situational items for the most part. Uh, I'm going to go get some water real quick, but I'm ready to start whenever you... Okay, okay. Well, I'll just chat with chat. I am very passionate about tea. Got any tea drinkers in the in the audience? Hey Donnie, you said something about Argentinian. Have I tried Argentinian? Is that a type of tea? <clears throat> How can you get coaching sessions for me? Oh, I actually got a couple of people asking for that on Discord. I gotta respond to. But uh, yeah, if you if you if you contact me on Discord, we can we can set something up. I'm uh, I'm looking to do whatever you know whatever amount of uh, sessions possible within within reason not trying to do like 10 a day or something like that uh are you 20 you're 25 years old can you be a professional yes i mean let's see i think i think the average uh the average age for uh like a, an offlaner in dota was like 24 last uh last ti and then for for like support, it's like twenty five, and then for mid, it's like super young, and for carry, it's it's like mid twenties as well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of people that play Dota that are like twenty five. So yeah, you you definitely can go pro in Dota, and I think fear fear is correct in his uh, assessment that people say that you can't go pro in Dota when you're quote unquote old, uh, just Tra because it's trash. It, <laughs> Yeah, that's it's 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 dumb. It's like it, the audience just hasn't like the, the Dota players just haven't aged. Oh, oh wow, that's a that's a 
That's a growling dog. <laughs> That's a dog. Why are you so whiny? Outside anytime you want. You got food, you got water. Wants a tent. Donnie is 30. Are you 30, Donnie? Yeah. I yeah, am. Uh, it, do it really doesn't matter. Like, I, I think you can find a lot of uh, Dota player ages to reflect that accurately. What's like, funny, look, what's funny about that is Wikipedia. I don't feel even remotely different than I did when I was, like, 25. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, uh, I definitely am different than I was at those ages in terms of how I think about certain things, but I still enjoy the exact same shit. <laughs> like, definitely think about a lot of things the same. Like, like doing the same kind of things and really just don't, uh, not much changes, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think I don't think much is going to change when I'm like forty, other than maybe having a kid or something like that. You know. Brain test judges how old you are based on your reaction time. So let's see. After the age of twenty-four, your reaction speed is said to drop by fifteen percent. What? Oh my god! I have to log in. To I've read. I've read other things that said that have stated that that kind of stuff is complete bullshit it's like really just a matter of whether you your brain in that way or not like you can recover your reaction time just by simply training it stuff like that and playing uh, video yeah. games is like supposed yeah. to actually help you with your reaction time in terms this of maintaining rochester university study says you can reverse the effects of aging uh, if you stay physically active in terms of reflexes. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh... But uh, my, my opinion, my opinion on Dota, and I think this is the opinion of, of a lot of pros, because I, I know people that get pissed off when casters say this, but uh, it's that like reaction time is, is just... Anytime somebody sees something and thinks, wow, that was fast reactions, it's usually like a misunderstanding of what makes somebody good at Dota. Yeah. Like gener generally, 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 uh, somebody's reacting quickly because of like game knowledge that they have. Like they know something is going to happen. Um, like if I go here, they're probably does. gonna blink echo me. So therefore, I should exactly. press BKB as soon as yeah. I show. And exactly. It's like... So it's like having fifteen percent slowed reaction time, even if it was true, wouldn't wouldn't affect that yeah. because it's it's like it's it's using like it's using your brain in downtime where you know fifteen percent of what what is the average human reaction time like 100 milliseconds something like that average yeah between 100 and 200 i think <laughs> how do you beat mono red aggro and mtg um you know what that's uh that's something that everybody's trying to figure out because i just Damn, dude did you did you know that the average human reaction time for audio stimulus is 0 0.17 of a second and then for uh visual it's 0 0.25 so you're saving like 50 to uh, 50 to 100 ping by just hearing things. That's why you shouldn't play with music, dude. That's why you shouldn't play with music. Man, I play with music, but also have game sounds. Well, that's why you should. That's why you should play with game sounds. I should say. Okay. Do you wanna? Uh, yeah. You wanna get into it? Get into it. Okay. So I accidentally disliked our video. Fuck. That was not intentional. <laughs> We should just go through and dislike all of our own videos. I've already done that. Well, with yours, but... Makes sense.
give me some perspective. Okay. Quit while you're ahead, buddy. <laughs> don't don't go down the rabbit hole like I did. Lost many years of my life for this shit. All right, let's go. You you do the intro. I'm on the questions. All right. Welcome to Alchemy Answers episode 30, which is how old I am and uh, how old you all will be at some point or possibly already have been at well, some point in your you, life. Unless you die. Yeah, unless you die or um, age starts to be counted differently or maybe somebody will come and turn the earth backwards like Superman. We'll all just Benjamin Button our way back to the womb. Um, regardless... We're going to have some great questions today and probably even have some time to take some from chat. Although there was a lot of discussion in the alchemy questions answers area. So we have some pretty long stuff to talk about as well. Anyway, that was a very long intro. If you'd like your questions answered by us every week on stream, feel free to check out Dota Alchemy on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dota Alchemy. And uh, there's a bunch of other cool perks there as well, like replay review and other stuff, depending on your gear. So let's get into it. That was a brilliant intro, by the way. That was super professional. Uh, I've, been a lot, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. That's good. Yeah, that's uh, that, that, much is, that much is clear. You know, podcasts <laughs> they're 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 good stuff, man. They have a place. I got a question. No, I don't have a question. This is somebody else that I'm reading. This <laughs> and in Terrace, uh, when I'm playing IO, I find it really hard to win early and mid game if I spend money on wards instead of regen. Should I be considering Io a four position hero? Yes. Yeah, yes, you should. Io is a four. He's he absolutely needs items, otherwise he's just a punching bag. Yeah, I Io's usually when you pick Io. I, I know this is something that a lot of uh, Io players say. Like, I, I I've I've heard this from like New Sham in particular. It's just like Io is a like a five four where you kind of pick it to play the five role and and sometimes you can like get a few items and then eventually buy wards but at the very least you never you never buy wards in the early game yeah um, and and with the new io i'd say you probably just want to go straight for anyway because it's a good enough it's a good enough hero with items yeah it's so. it's it's definitely one of those heroes that you really need like a very core set of early game early to mid game items you need the bottle you need the urn um, and then you generally need some sort of defensive tool, whether that be like a ghost or a glimmer or even like a halberd or something like that. Just something to protect yourself. Well, because yeah. um, your entire purpose is to basically like take a bunch of damage. <laughs> like you're 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 bait. And so if you're if you're trying to imagine if you were Crystal Maiden and you were in the same role, you would just feed relentless. You have no escape and you have armor and you have HP. So I. Uh, yeah. Is this a bait, basically? Agreed. PK Panda says, question. In the first 15 minutes, the pause 5 doesn't roam the map as often as the 4 does. Should the pause 4 be in charge of placing the wards that the pause 5 buys and drops in the base? I feel like the roamed roamer should be in charge of where the wards go so plays can be made and the pause 5 can focus on the lane. Thoughts? Uh, I don't really think so. I think... Uh, the position four needs to there's a huge burden on the position four to like kind of win all the lanes as much as they can so and in the position five like you know by 
five or six minutes into the game, you should ideally be able to leave your carry in the safe lane for a little while and you'll, and you'll be good. Like it's called the safe lane for a reason. Uh, I, I really think that if you're a position five, you should be, you should be roaming in the first 15 minutes of the game, but it should be like a roam to ward, yeah. uh, a roam to, and then like you get a kill off the back of that, but it's, it's mainly to go ward. And then the position four should just be like focusing on hindering whatever lane is, is best for them. And, and you, you leave that jurisdiction to them. You know what I mean? It's just like, there are jobs in Dota and there are certain roles that are just best at doing those jobs. And the reason that we have these roles is just because it appears to be the most efficient way to play the game. And I would say that if you have like a bounty hunter or something, then yeah, the BH can go place the wards, especially if the BH just isn't feeling very effective in the lane, in the lanes. But if, 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 a, if a position four has to take time away from just like destroying the lanes in order to go ward, then the five should just do it because generally the five has the space to do that. Yeah, I think that's the that's the really important point there is that it, the four's job is not really to roam. It's not to move between lanes. It's to pressure lanes. It's to pressure yes. a lane that it can. And so if at all possible, you'd like to not really be wandering around the map as a exactly. four. You'd like to be in the lane getting kills, pressuring their carry or their mid or whoever. Um, and if you can't, that's when you roam. It's not like you're just actively walking around all the time. Yeah. Um, I do think it is kind of situational. Like if you do have, let's it say, is. something like a Crystal Maiden and then your four is something that's very mobile and has the ability to run around um, and the Maiden will just feed every time that she walks over the river, then certainly you can try and do yeah. that. But it's it's not like an every game thing happen. The The pressure ward is really important because like generally the position four at about five to 15 minutes, that's going to be the longest hero on the map. Yeah. So if you're taking time from that hero to like that that wherever that hero goes, the kills will follow. Even if your mid is really strong or your carry is really strong, it's usually off the back of the position four. So if you take that hero and you just put them in a situation where they have to go waste time to ward, that is not an optimal use of time in Dota, in yeah. my opinion. But uh, once again, like I said, it is it is definitely situational. I uh I did wanna also just talk about what you said about the five rotating. Um I think that if you're not rotating as the five at the five minute mark, then you're making a mistake. You're not playing the position correctly. You should pretty much always leave the safe lane, at least briefly around the five minute mark to try and both secure bounty runs and also get a uh, mid ward or your mid laner and also potentially try and kill their mid laner uh, with your five rotating in. I think that that's like a really, really underrated option. I do that option. in every single yeah. game, dude. I, Super I good. Ward, I ward the safe lane, the shrine, mid, and gank mid at the five-minute mark. Yeah, you should basically do that every game. It's really good, yeah. Okay. Is getting swole, does that help in Dota, getting swole? Uh, I would say yeah, to be yes. honest. Says Vasily. That was a question from Vasily. I think, yeah. I think you're... I think, uh, well, I, it's like a bit of a joke question. <laughs> it is, but uh, the answer but, uh, is yes. We're going to get into it a little bit. I, I would say, I would say like my, the, the periods where I'm working out, I'm generally just the most me uh, mentally healthy and I'm not going to lose my mind in games. I feel confident. I feel happy. I have energy. And these are all things that uh, are required for, for doing, for doing well in Dota. In, in my opinion, well, this is so anecdotal, but, but the best part for me about working out is the mental aspect of it because i spend my days mostly just wanting to like jump off a bridge 
So if like working out can stop that from happening, that's pretty legit. And it does, it does. Like anytime I'm not working out or doing other things that I like and, and taking care of my mental health, like I lose it really quickly. And if you're losing it, you're not going to win Dota. Yeah. <laughs> so like it does, it does help, but it, but it depends on how unstable you are. Donnie and I are both incredibly fucking unstable people. So it, helps. <laughs> it definitely helps us more than others maybe. Uh, but also I, I just generally think that when you are exercising or working out or, you know, maybe reaching some physical goals, lifting a certain weight that you've never done before, that kind of stuff can actually make you feel like kind of powerful, accomplished and take that mentality. Yeah. Like for game. instance, when you lift like your 15 pounds or whatever in one arm, like, yeah, that yeah. feels pretty good for you. Yeah, it does. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Well, that's it on that one, I guess. How does backdoor protection work? Says Charlie Kolkzik42. Uh, how does backdoor protection work? Sometimes I'm playing NP and I can backdoor with, without creeps in base, and sometimes I can't. 15 second cooldown. If creeps go past, there's that little icon, the, the emblem that's like right outside the uh, low ground. You made the a high video ground. about this. Yeah. Uh, if creeps go past that, there's 15 seconds where backdoors off for all the tier threes. That that's it. That's as that's as simple as it is. So do whatever you can on Nature's Profit to get creeps past that line. Your creeps. It can't be trance. It can't be a dominated creep. It has to be your lane creeps naturally getting there. Yep. And that's it. Simple. Yeah. Uh, for more information, there is there is a video on our channel, maybe even multiple ones, where you talk about backdoor and how to split yeah. push. So go look for this. Yep. J00 says, question, what to do as a support? This is a lot of questions, J-O-O. Uh, when the opposing team has map control and you're trying to get vision of the map, how to avoid having both your wards instantly de-warded and not getting one shot when you're caught out? Basically, how, how to ward. Oh. How to ward How to ward when the enemy team has map control. Yeah, go for a solo smoke. Like, don't, like especially if, you, if the enemy team has map control and they're out farming you, uh, then it probably doesn't matter if you're smoking on your own. And you can even just, like, I don't know, go get your... Like, it's fine if you go get yourself killed in order to ward. Just go some really weird direction. Like, run, run, cut Quelling Blade, you know, through the trees or something like that. Like, do anything that you can to get vision down, because that is the single most important thing when the enemy team has map control. And the farther behind you are, the more okay it is that you take risks. Yeah. Especially if you're like a five roll, it doesn't matter if you run out and it's like, whoops, I died. Okay, respawn in ten seconds to try and try again by going a different path. Also, work. also be intelligent and have a plan with where you're going to ward. Like, if the other team has full map control, don't smoke and walk all the way to their side of the map and ward their, you know, high ground uh, eye wards near their tier twos because they're never going to be in that location. They're going to be on your side of the map the whole time. So. Think about where they're actually going to play and then place wards accordingly to watch them be there because then you can see them split up and then you can take advantage of them splitting up to actually get these comeback kills, which will allow you to, you know, potentially win a game that's otherwise unwinnable. Also, I, I think if you have no options, then putting wards on their side of the map is definitely fine because oh, then, then, I, at I, then at least it's wards you can play around. Yeah, I'm not saying that you shouldn't ward on their side of the map. I'm just saying don't go like super deep aggressive wards that you would place when you would be trying to push their base or something like that. You know, like put wards on their side of the map for sure. Try and find them. Um, but do so from smoke and do so like 
the best thing you can do probably if you're super far behind is go ward both of their shrines because that's where the most traffic is going to be coming in general. Yeah. Um, just ward shrines, both of their shrines. You'll shrine be able to see are yeah. Shrine wards are active. They're so, so good. If you, if you don't, if you're not placing wards on their shrines, um, and it's really important where you place them. You don't want to just like stick it right in the middle of their shrine because that's dewarded all the time. You don't want to put it on the eyes because those are dewarded all the time. You want to put it like kind of in the corner that scouts their shrine and also looks at like a couple paths where people could be walking. But yeah, if you're behind as a support and you're not warding their shrines, then the game is on you because you give your team options. Yeah. Another question, if you don't mind. Uh, we don't mind. We don't. We don't get that many questions in here. Keep, uh, I was just messing with you when I said it's a lot of questions because, like, a wall of text and I have to read it, but I love the questions. These are good questions, too. Uh, why is mid T1 the most valued in the early slash mid game? Uh, because it provides Roshan TPs and protects half your jungle. Uh, correct. It provides so, uh, mid, mid T1 is valued for quite a few reasons. Uh, basically, like you said, it's uh, protects the Rosh pit, it protects half your jungle in the sense that if you want to get into one of the jungles, the mid tower will scout a lot of the potential rotations that somebody can make into into that jungle just with the vision and with the detection the, that it provides if you were to, you, you can't smoke past like the mid towers so basically the map is cut off in the middle if that mid tower is available which is which is nuts yeah uh, and then also it's uh oh damn i just had something but i i lost it it gives you rune control as well all right um, rune control yeah it's also the fastest tower to get to oh i re yeah i I, remember, like, I was gonna say something similar to that uh, basically, the the mid lane is so close. Yes. Uh, like it's it's so small that one single creep wave. If you kill like one wave, it's all the way at the enemy's base. Yeah. <laughs> basically, whereas on the side lanes, you have to kill like three waves and then you're at the enemy base. Yeah. So if there's a mid tower available, constantly keeping the creep wave out, that's a lane that's going to constantly be shoved in for the enemy team, or a lane that you're going to have constantly shoved in. Yeah. So basically, your creeps are going to be in a really shitty position if you lose the mid tower. And if you take their mid tower, your creeps are going to be in a really good position on their side of the map almost always. Uh, and, and so basically, if you take the mid tower and you win a fight, you can almost always run down mid and take the tier two and then take racks uh, if if you've if you've already taken uh, the the mid tower just because it's such a small lane of creeps and it'll already be pushed out. Yeah. Also, another kind of really interesting thing that I was just thinking about now. Um, because of how quickly the creeps move between two mid lanes, like and the creep equilibrium shifts so quickly there, um, it also gives you really, really deep, important vision all the time yes. if your creeps are yep. pushed in. Because in the side lanes, like you can have creeps all the way at their tier two in the side lanes, and it doesn't really give you that much information because they could still just be in their jungle. Like you don't really know. Uh, yeah. But if the creeps are at the tier two in the mid lane, it's going to see so much movement. It's going to see movement between the shrine areas as well. So yeah, it's nuts. It actually gives you an incredible amount of magical. Well, yep, yep. That's why, oh my god, that is probably the thing that's been triggering me the most about Dota lately is people that just don't defend their mid-tier 1. Like, oh, all you have to do, just just keep your mid-tier 1 up until like 15 to 20 minutes, and you will, I, I guarantee you that your win rate will go up by like 15%. You just like poke the creeps, and then they get off the mid-tier 1. It's like, ah, I got them. Yep. You know? It's really easy to defend mid tier ones. It's a it's a hard it's a hard tower to take. There's it, towers. It so should close be to a it. hard tower to take. Let's put it, it that be. way. Most <laughs> people just sack it because they're playing Invoker and they want to go jungle for no yeah, reason. Exactly. Uh, tier twos are essentially always worth less than tier threes uh, because it only protects a small amount of walking distance from your high ground to the tower. I think a big reason the tier twos are kind of shit right now is because shrines 
So like it doesn't really limit the enemy team's map control to to take to uh, take the tier twos because you they can just TP to the shrine anyway. Sure, it doesn't give vision, but creeps are going to give vision as well, and wards are going to give vision as well. And, and really, it's like about where where you can TP to, and they have actually better access to their jungle. Yeah, shrines are like a better shrines. tier two than tier twos are. I would basically yeah, say. yeah, tier twos are tier twos are sapped a lot in in pro games yeah. because they're not that important. Um, the only thing that makes tier twos really important is the fact that they protect tier threes. They make tier threes in the lane immortal. So tier twos become more and more important as the game progresses if the enemy team is capable of taking your racks. Because if the tier two is up, then it means they have to push that entire lane of creeps in. They can't just backdoor it through pushing. I shouldn't say backdoor because that technically backdoor would turn off. They couldn't just go mid and then push like the top the top lane of racks if the tier two is there that, that's when tier twos are very valuable but that's a niche that's a niche thing and in, in general like in the in the that's a late game thing generally in like the mid game it's like tier twos are kind of worthless yep the first tier three is worth so much because it protects your shrines which is a big part of map control right what else uh correct uh also the first tier three makes it so that there is like a racks exposed so the enemy team if they win a fight they can just push in the mid lane and then go to whatever that lane of racks is, and there's no tower there that's going to punish them for hitting that. So that right. that that's yeah. always a problem. So that's always like a risk factor for you. Not only that, but technically speaking, once the tier three is down, you can just lose the game straight up. They don't even have to take your racks. Like yeah, the tier three is the key to your base. True. Yeah, and, yeah, that's your tier fours. Yeah, and losing a tier three unlocks you to actually lose the game to death. Good call. Good call. Professor Ravioli says, what is the role exactly of a mid-raiser? Are you a ganker, a split pusher? I always win the lane, but I'm never sure what I should be doing to close the game. Yeah, I think that hero's shit, actually. But anyway, lots of people are picking it. Uh, people basically, like, hank up and, and gank with Atos. It's uh, most mids these days are, like, a, are tempo controllers, so you, which means you just run around and Is this and Razor? Razor, yeah, yeah okay. Razor. I'm personally not a huge fan of the hero, but... I've seen really good players play it and be absolutely worthless and just be tanky in fights and use the the drain and it's yeah. but anyway people gank with atos people do people do gank with atos you're like you're a split pusher until you feel like you can fight with your items and then you're a fighter and you just fight with your team like try to start fights with atos and and uh yeah then then you're kind of a ganker and yeah. then if you fuck up the fight then you're a split pusher again Razor's a really interesting hero because now that he has the passive, he actually farms quite well and pushes quite well, at least pushes waves. And I personally really like the hero. I like how he feels in the in the early and mid game. Um, towards the end of the game, he's he's like a very interesting hero. He's one of those heroes that has a very like specific power curve to him. And once he gets to the like the roller coaster down part of the power curve, it really just becomes uh pretty awful i think he has potential to be really good but you have to play him in a very specific way and if you die a couple of times he's kind of like tinker or like one of those heroes that if you die two or three times then the game just becomes almost impossible to yep yeah that's what i that's what i don't like about him yeah i think that's it's a, it's a slippery slope with that it, it really that really is have. but it can be super super fun um if you do hit your tempo and you and one of the most important things on him is that you itemize in a way that keeps him alive. Like you want to get 
the movement speed, and then you basically just want to get a BKB because like you get your damage from your ability to drain people, and so you want to just be like this tanky, unkillable hero that shits out a lot of damage. But there's probably better options, being honest. Not gonna get into it. Could shit on that hero all day. Uh, Eddie Mercury in the lane. What should you do if you think that you need to keep pulling and the enemy offlane decides to block your pull camp every minute by just sitting inside the spawn box? Well, uh, you can pull both the hard camps. So you should do that because they can only sit in one spawn box, right? If, there, if there's two people sitting in the spawn boxes, well then you're, you're, probably, winning, farming. <laughs> you're probably winning that game already. So yeah, I'd say, uh, I'd say just use the other, use the other pull. I mean, you can preemptively anticipate that they're well, going to do that and too. go bully them every time. You're probably going to block it yourself when you're doing that, but at least you'll get a trade out of it. Yeah, the next time you'll be able to pull it. At right. Least. Don't don't let them just do it with, with no punish, essentially. Yeah. Eddie Mercury again says, in the mid-game, do you have any tips for saving gold for sentries to counter an invis-heavy lineup? For example, instead of completing a full tranquil boots, you should buy brown boots plus windlace and use the extra 300 gold to buy three more centuries uh i i would say yeah you're basically just starved for gold in in a match like that like you might not even want a wind lace or you might not even want boots you might just go wind lace but i don't know i i, I do i do really feel like if you're like centuries they cover enough uh area that you can just like ward sentry at the entrance to a jungle ward sentry at the entrance to another jungle and then you'll see whenever the invis hero is ganking and then all you need is dust so that's not that expensive to cover all of those costs as, as a support in my, yeah. in my opinion i think that every time that you do take a fight if it goes well that you should spend your first like 300 gold on sentries and then think about items basically just like think about sentries as like paying taxes on the gold that you make as a support but you have a really really shitty tax bracket and so you're like you're like a poor person that's in like uh, a rich person's tax bracket you basically just have to spend Pretty much 50% of what you make on detection every time. And it doesn't matter what stage of the game is. If you're not doing that, then you're going to put your team at a disadvantage. So you just basically have to bite the bullet. There's some games where I literally will spend, I'll buy like 50 centuries, 70 centuries, and I'll end the game with a win and like three items. Yeah, that's five roll for you. That's yep. just how she goes. Yep. Is it possible to consistently pull the dire hard camp through the trees adjacent to the dire tier one and catch the incoming wave? I saw Demon do it in a replay, and when I tried to do it, I only managed to aggro all four creeps once. Most of the time, I only catch two melee creeps or one melee creep in a range creep. What I would recommend to you for that is go into a practice lobby, see at what point they run away from you, and then let the creeps instead of dragging the creeps directly into the wave which is what it sounds like you're doing let the creeps hit you and as their attack animation is starting run towards the wave yep uh that basically adds like 500 units to the distance at which you can pull which is like past the lane it's 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 well beyond what you would need so as long as you're doing that method it should be incredibly easy to pull any camp ever yeah if you're not doing that method then yeah there's certain there's certain points where it'll leash and you'll only be able to get a few unless you time it perfectly. But luckily we don't have to do that because of the creep aggro mechanic. 
Yeah, the simple answer is yes, it is possible to pretty easily do that regularly and get all of the creeps. You just need to practice the, the mechanics of it, and that's something that you're just going to have to get a feel for. I don't... Both Jenkins and I are not people that are going to be like, pull the creeps at exactly 23 seconds to get this. We no, we I literally don't. just do it by feel all the time, so I can't give you that yeah. information. <laughs> no, uh, no surprise there that we're both like pub addicts. It's been yeah. pubs nonstop, and we do shit by feel. Yeah. We like do everything by feel, but I, I do it based on like where on the map the creeps are, yeah. and uh, I haven't done the dire hard camp pull as a safe lane support yet since they put that in uh, into the tower. So I've I've seen people do it though, and I've I've played carry when people do it, and they seem to be able to do it pretty consistently. So Leoj says that I know Jenkins and Donnie both regularly talk about the benefits of spamming a hero, but I'm wondering if there are any drawbacks. I've played drow most recently and gained about 200 mmr and i'm concerned that eventually i'll reach a point where i either can't pick drow and it stops working and then i plummet mmr thoughts what do you um, think, yeah so i think that <laughs> you know both it's actually a good question to ask us because you have what 2500 games of pudge something like that something like that i've got almost a thousand games of bloodseeker we very clearly have a large chunk of MMR gained with one specific hero. Because, I mean, what's your win rate with Pudge? Like 5%? 60, 60% actually. 60% over 2,500 games. Yeah, that's like that's probably like a quarter of your MMR right there, just off of oh. one hero. <laughs> not not these days, though. Not, not, these, not these days, days for sure. And, and I have a 60% win rate over 1,000 games with Bloodseeker. So um, there is definitely some of that. Like, if you just play one singular hero, you will play that hero at an MMR bracket higher than you might be normally with the rest of your heroes, but that's something that you can pretty easily fix, and you should be learning a lot about just generally how to play the game of Dota from spamming one hero, because you don't have to spend nearly as much time focusing on the specific mechanics of the hero, because they should be muscle memory by now. And so that's going to allow you to learn way more important concepts than how to cast your spells correctly on one single hero, such as where should I be when at different points in the game? What is good itemization to counter all these different heroes that I'm playing against? Uh, how does vision affect me playing this hero? How does being ahead affect me playing this hero? How does being behind like change how I need to play this game? I can hear dog panting. <laughs> it's being nuts right now. Um, but basically, I think that... Sure, the, the main drawbacks for spamming hero are basically getting bored. Um... And I do think it is kind of interesting that he mentions this kind of like fear of plateauing, like not being able to pick drow anymore. Because I definitely have had that before. Also, I'll be on like a big win rate, uh, win streak with a, a certain hero, and I'll be like, at some point, this has got to stop working, right? What am I supposed to do then? You know? And uh, so I think that is a legitimate fear, but I don't think it's necessarily. Oh no, I'm winning too much. Right? What do exactly. I do? <laughs> I'm winning too much. What if I get to a point where oh now I'm like. 500 way, MMR way higher better. than I was, and now they ban this hero. So I'm supposed to pick a hero I'm not nearly as good at? Sure, that might happen, but guess what? You just have to practice more. You don't. It's not like you're required to play a brand new hero in ranked matchmaking. You could just play unranked for a couple games yeah. and see how it feels. I, I, I would say what's going to happen when you spam a hero is you're going to start playing with players that are significantly better than you were, and then you just won't belong in the bracket that you came from again if you're, if you're, if you're learning. Yeah. Uh, like even if you're learning a specific hero, like mastering a specific hero is a really good way to learn uh, the me the mechanics required for a specific bracket. 
Yeah. Uh, like you're, yeah, you'll, you'll just be better. I would say, I would say, don't worry about it. I've, I've yeah. had that before where my hero gets banned and then I'll play something that I don't really know. And I'll just kind of do similar things and I'll respond to things similarly and sure it'll, you know, be not as good, but it's still good enough to be in the bracket. Yeah. I'd say another thing that sometimes will happen is that you'll, uh, you'll end up on a hero that you're not as comfortable on and you'll get completely destroyed but you'll realize because that you you have played this hero at such a high level to get to the point that you are at you'll be like wow i really felt super useless or super slow and it'll it'll help you realize the things that you're missing uh because True. because you're doing them on one hero you'll notice that you're missing them on a lot of these other heroes and that'll allow you to improve those other heroes a lot faster yep good point really good point uh, so we're out of questions on patreon Nice. And we can uh, go ahead and do a uh, little speed round from chat. A little, a little bit of a quickie. You know, we could we could go ahead and do take a quick peek at chat, see what people got up their sleeves for us. So we'll we'll start now. We'll just say we'll go 20, 10, 20 seconds or whatever, and we'll just start answering uh, questions from chat. We'll That's just good. we'll talk we'll talk about something in the meantime. What hero are you spamming right now, Donnie, to win? Are you are you still playing Drow? Um, I play Spirit Breaker, and then I play Drow, and I play Lion. Those are like the three. And I'll I'll play Bloodseeker. Lion people play four Kangler. or five? Uh, usually five. Okay. Usually five. How's that going? The Lion five. Uh, I can tell you. Let me look at my hero over the last. I've got 16 games of Drow, 56% win rate. 13 games of Bloodseeker, 69% win rate. 13 games of Lion, 46% win rate. So All right. not, not the best. 12 games of Spirit Breaker, 75% win rate. There you go. Stop picking Lion. Congratulations. 200 MMR. <laughs> right <Yep. there>. Legit. <laughs> that dude, I have to tell, let me tell you, look at our win rates. I've, I've had a piff. It's like Weaver, 32%. Nature's Profit, 89%. It's like, oh shit, if I just didn't pick Weaver. Yeah, I know. That's It's such like a, a you know a 2020 shock. hindsight thing. Though. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Okay, so Christoph Jenkins, Jeffers, <laughs> says, if you catch an early reveal of the enemy carries BKB purchase, how can you take advantage of this information? You could just bait the BKB in a fight. Just, like, tell your team, hey, guys, let's just bait this guy's BKB, or you kill other people. That's Alt-click uh, alt it and use your spells on somebody else. Yeah, that's, that's also possible. Stephen Bedwell says, I always hear low skill is 2 to 3K. Uh, I think I'm a low skill player, but I'm stuck at 600. What are your options on that low mmr nobody really talks about that bracket i agree you are low skill i think two to three k is low skill i think donnie's low skill i think i'm low skill uh, i think that basically everybody is is significantly lower skill than the brackets above them i think i think mmr scales exponentially and you can see that in high level pubs when you get these rank a thousand players playing in top 100 games it's like they don't belong like it's a completely different game you see these top 100 players try to play competitive uh, against a tier one team, they get absolutely obliterated. It's fucking embarrassing. No matter what, the bracket above you will make you look like a giant low skilled piece of shit. Yep. So uh, I would say it's like it's it's the same thing that I recommend for any bracket of, of of getting better. Just spam heroes, try to master one hero, and just I don't know, try to get better at the game through all the other methods. It's just a different bracket. Just try to beat the people right above you. You know. Yeah, I would... you played your one k account. Uh, I would say hit more creeps, fight less, buy wards if they're not being placed, 
and be very selective about when you when and where you're fighting and yeah limit yourself to like two heroes max and and you'll massively improve yeah. um also go into games with with like some sort of plan don't just like press well yeah don't just use dota as as an escape and just like press the play dota button over and over and over go into it with like i'm gonna play some dota i'm gonna be involved in it you know like close down your other tabs make sure that you're focusing on your game otherwise what's the point being shit at something yeah this shit <laughs> uh which tower should you prioritize in taking first does this change based on the game mid-tier uh, one enemy... every game <laughs> well i think enemy i think enemy uh safe lane tier one should come first just because it's really fucking it's easy, easy it yeah opens opens up opens up uh the enemy jungle and uh bounty rune area but then mid-tier one uh safe enemy safe lane tier two uh then the other towers don't really matter until you're winning fights and pushing high ground. You really just need like those three towers ASAP. I would say that that's that's enough to focus on. Yeah. What do I think about do mid? Fucking terrible. <laughs> so uh, bad. Have a gold value when killed works. Can't understand that shit. I get killed after I respawn. I get killed ten secs after, and I get more gold to the enemy. Yeah, it's just based on the difference between the gold you have and the gold they have, and how many people split the gold. And what position you are in your team based on net worth, and what position they are in their team based on net worth. It's there's like a big algorithm for it, and a lot of it doesn't really seem to make sense. But um, I'm gonna answer this one because it's directed directly at me. Okay. Asking about Bloodseeker. What position do I play Bloodseeker in when you play it to counter Pango? I'm finding a hard position to play him uh, in a carry and play him as a carry. Uh, I play him as as one. I just play him as one, and I build. I change my build up a lot depending on what other heroes are there. Sometimes it's Radiant, sometimes it's Shadow Blade, sometimes it's just tanky shit like S and Y into Scotty, BK, KB Butterfly. Um, sometimes I go super utility and I build like four staff halberd Manta style X blink dagger like <laughs> you can what well, if you've played a hero several hundred to a thousand times you'll find situations where you can literally buy any game any item in the game pretty much agreed i didn't think that before when i played pudge and it's like man i get this hero so versatile i can buy anything on it and then i learned other heroes and realized that's true for everything yep <laughs> <laughs> uh jenkins why this one's directed at me specifically for some reason for some reason i appreciate that robert <laughs> robert's <laughs> elevated man what's going on uh why is line not picked in the pro scene oh i'm talking a line expert so i would know uh and coddle is picked quite often even though he lacks lockdown uh, i think lion's ultimate cooldown just sucks dick that that's basically it coddle is a much better laner as well and i think the the ulti from coddle is like better for winning team fights which is good from a four position but i don't think coddle's that great either Auto also just, provides tower defense. Lion's D push is awful. Like, oh, it's, it's it's abysmal. It's pathetic. Yeah. He's like a killer. That's it. He only kills people and stuns people. Yeah. It's like a it's like a worse shadow shaman. I, I think Lion is is a good core, but uh, if if it, Lion's good at anything, it's a good core. And I think I think pro players are playing it mostly as a core right now. Yeah, offlane. Offlane Lion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been at four point eight k MMR four times. Dropped to four k. It's about watching replays. Harder it seems is our fault. What? <laughs> yes. Uh, what do you do when you can't go high ground even with Aegis as a carry? Uh, you farm, you put wards down, and you defend the wards. Yep. Yeah, that's super underrated is 
most people will like they'll place wards and then they just feel the need to continue moving around the map it's like just place a ward sit under your ward sit it just sit there like what's the other team doing they're sitting in their base they're getting nothing what are they gonna do they're eventually gonna walk out try and do ward you kill them and then you do that and then you win the game because they're not turtling their high ground and so it doesn't even matter at this point when playing mid, what events in the game are a good indication to start rotating slash ganking? Uh, okay. Yeah, runes, five-minute mark, not wanting to be in your lane. That is, like, probably the biggest one. If your lane just fucking sucks and you don't want to be there, just rotate. That That's, like, the best time to rotate in general is when your lane just feels like, oh, I don't really want to be here. Go kill somebody. Yep. That's, like, the best time. Uh how to deal with tri lanes as an offlaner? Go cut the creep wave, drag the creeps, double up their wave, triple up their wave. Um, Die for it if you have to; it's worth it. Yeah, just do whatever you can to get experience because if if you're getting experience as an offlaner against a tri lane, then you're basically going to win the game. Speaking of tri lanes, how do you deal with an aggressive tri lane as Doom? My team won't rotate to help me, and they won't get wards either. Dude, go jungle. That guy literally one hits jungle creeps. <laughs> yeah. Like go jungle, pull. Like if the enemy if the enemy team is trilining you and you're a doom, that is the that is the ideal scenario. That is like one of the worst heroes to trilane, because you can just go jungle it. The yeah. speed of It's like trying to trilane into a fucking dark seer or something like that. Just don't do that. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh when you yeah. said the at the five minute mark to ward the safe lane trine, mid, and gank, you mean the enemy, enemy shrine? shrine. Yes. yes. You should you should go. Like, if you're the five, and let's say you're on Radiant, you should place a ward that allows your safe laner to probably see the bounty rune, and also, if the enemy is ganking them, then you should probably ward the closest shrine to them to see if the uh, other team is rotating to the shrine to come gank them. And then you should go ward the mid so that you can set up on a play for the mid lane uh, and get a kill there, basically. If, if you watch, like, Owie or any other professional level five uh, number five support that's basically what they'll do every single game is place those wards and then go get active on the map can you play am mid yes against medusa i'm having 500 games with kunkka should i spam the hero in this meta yes how to deal with bat riders playing ultra aggressive in a dual offlane pick a counter all right we're done donnie all right dude well thank you for tuning in everybody hope that was helpful thanks as always for the support on patreon patreon.com slash dota alchemy and uh, you can find this episode in the VODs um, or on our Anchor podcast if you prefer to listen to it in your car or at school or whatever, um, you know, at family gatherings if your family's annoying, that kind of stuff. So we'll That's see you. Uh, <laughs> bad, bad behavior. We'll see you on Thursday for replay review, hopefully. And uh, good luck in your games until then.